Welcome, this is the Change Creator Podcast. What's up everybody, this is your host Adam Force. Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast show. Hope you enjoyed the last edition with Alan. His experience building his agency is incredible. If you missed it, swing back, check it out. There is a ton to learn about getting that first client, building a business and what it takes. He's also a B Corp and he talks about the the challenges and successes of actually becoming uh, a benefit corporation. So that's pretty cool stuff. Um, So we have today an incredible conversation with Rafiq Riyadh. And he is originally from Egypt and he studied um, and worked globally on policy design and project implementation in the field of international development. He also started a company called SALT, which was a fair trade social enterprise. Um, And today he is the founder of North America's largest marketplace dedicated to connecting social enterprises with buyers and consumers. And that is the Buy Good, Feel Good uh, Expo. And they do incredible work. And this is a great place for buyers and consumers. This is where you connect. This is where you network. This is where you get deals. Um, You know, look at uh, Sarah from uh, Swell Water Bottles, who we interviewed on the cover of Change Creator Magazine. She went out to 17 trade shows, trade shows throughout a year, one year and made all her biggest deals with distributors. Guys, you got to get out there. You got to meet people. You got to connect, um, especially when you have products and B2B uh, solutions that you're trying to uh, bring to life. Okay, so in other news, just a quick reminder, just days away, guys, days away right now, we have issue 23. We're almost at the big marker of 25 editions of Change Creator Magazine, but issue 23 is very special. We have two people on the cover, and they're incredible people. Eric Reese, from, he's the author of Lean Startup, created that huge movement, the minimal viable product. And then someone he worked with many, many, many years ago, Anne Mei Chang, and she is the author of Lean Impact. They're bringing these two worlds together in a spectacular way and helping people understand how to take it to the next step and evolve towards having that impact with business, but taking the lean approach. Lots of great strategies and insights from these guys. You're not going to want to miss that edition. That is edition 23 coming out on the 15th of January. Now, if you are running a business or thinking about running a business, there's something that we all need to do, and it's marketing. And it's not easy. It's difficult. There's the understanding of psychology. There's the technical aspects. And then once you get down into it and you understand how to flow those funnels and all these things, you know, there's a lot of variables, you know, the creative variables, the copy, all these things come into play. And it's it's going to determine if you actually connect with your audience or not. And starting on January 21st, we're going to open the doors again to our Captivate program because we have learned 
that storytelling is fundamental to the marketing process. Whether it's Russell Brunson or Seth Godin, we've talked to both these guys and many others in between, and they have found that understanding the art and magic behind storytelling is foundational to successful marketing, and there's so many good reasons why that is, and that is why we made Captivate this course to help you cultivate your expertise as a story marketer, right? So the doors will open on January 21st to get in early. You'll actually be able to start the program in March, but we're going to have a couple phases of the pricing. So people who are you know ready and willing to get in early, you can get it at a really good price. Um, and I think and know, actually, you're going to love it. We did the beta. We had great feedback. And so we're excited. We're excited to get this going and we know it's going to help you. And that's why we're doing it, because we know how important it is. All right, let's get this party started with Rafiq and see what he has to say. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Rafiq, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today, man? I am doing great. Thanks, Adam. Awesome. Awesome. So remind me again, where are you? I am in Toronto, Canada. Toronto. It is currently minus two, feels like minus seven. <laughs> Remind me again, where are you? <laughs> I'm in my, <laughs> well, I'm in Miami and it's about 70 degrees. <laughs> I went out for a run uh, during lunch and I was a little cold because we hit, we hit mid-60s. <laughs> uh, you, you don't have my symptoms at all. <laughs> So listen, um, you know, anybody listening right now, Rafiq is doing some amazing work and really important stuff. So our values and interests are super aligned, which makes this conversation that much more uh, compelling and exciting. Um, so Rafiq, you know, we have the Buy Good, Feel Good Expo that has been your, your life work right now. Um, but before we tap into why that's so important, can you just let people know what how that came about just so we know where we're coming from sure um so i was uh, exposed to um, issues around social justice and poverty uh, since a young age uh, i'm originally from uh, from cairo egypt and when you live in in, um, in a developing country you're always um you're always faced by issues of inequality and, and social justice uh, I remember very clearly a school trip that I took when I was uh, maybe 12 or 13. We visited a community of what's called the Community of Garbage Collectors in Cairo. Uh, their job is basically to go collect every single day uh, the household waste from around 20 million residents in Cairo. Um, and then they bring it back to their neighborhood. Um, they drop it all off in the streets in front of their homes. And then this is when the women and the girls start with the sorting uh, process. Um, what really shocked me um, on this trip is, again, it's not it, coming across poverty was not a new thing for me, but it was the first time that I saw people um, who did not really have hope in a better future. And, and uh, that really motivated me to pursue an education and career in um, trying to see what is it out there that can be done and who can be doing, uh, who can do what. Um, so, so fast forward uh, 10, 15 years, I graduated from university, pursued an education in environmental management, went back to Egypt, um, 
and worked a little bit with that community again. Th that community of garbage collectors has been a focal point in my life until today. Uh, and then I worked with governments on issues uh, related to international development. And maybe after a decade or so, I moved to Canada. Uh, I started a small social enterprise uh, where I was importing products that uh, were created by underprivileged communities. Started with Egypt of course, and obviously with that same community of garbage collectors, uh, but expanded to include countries uh, like Kenya, Rwanda, Uganda. Um, we moved and worked uh, with Latin America as well. Um, after a few years of doing this, um, I realized that there was a need for an event place to support social enterprises. Uh, mm. I, I was invited to go and participate in events uh, here in Canada and in the US, but I did not find an event that A, attracted uh, the clientele that I thought appreciated and um, were keen on engaging with products and, and, and uh, services that were ethically and socially sourced, B, um, there wasn't an event that was focused on that. So the idea came and, and uh, we started doing the Buy Good Feel Good in 2014. Cool. Long so, answer right now. <laughs> no, well, it's good to get some background and... You know, it sounds like you've been playing in the uh, the conscious and sustainability kind of space for a while since um, you had your, I guess, epiphany in a sense around, yeah, some people don't have much hope and how do we start changing those things? You know, something's not working, right? So um, I love that, you know, you're pushing business as a big, a big uh, source of um, this movement. And I'd like to understand a little bit better how, if you, I mean, listen, we all come up with these ideas, but how did you start creating Buy Good, Feel Good Expo? Um, and, and I guess, can you just tell me before you answer that, how, how many um, people were attending, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and, and booths and all that stuff? What was your setup in 2018? Um, just curious about that. Sure. In 2018, uh, we had 120 uh, exhibitors, so 120 businesses yeah. um, from Canada, from the U.S., from Egypt, from Chile, uh, from Nepal, from India. Um, and we had uh, more than 200 retail buyers come and, and engage with these businesses. So that is a new B2B component that we've launched last year um, and maybe around 5,000 members of the general public consumers that attended the expo. Yeah, great. So, I mean, that's that's amazing, right? So you started this thing in 2014 and you have a lot of interest. So <clears throat> I wanted to just kind of set the stage with that. And now if you can just tell us when you started in 2014, where did that start? How, like, where does someone begin putting together this idea and how did you start getting the right players in place and getting this thing in operation? Um, so I was actually at another event. Um, so when I moved to Canada before I uh, before I uh, started organizing the Buy Good Feel Good, uh, remember I said I had a small business yep. myself, and and uh, so I was doing an event at a venue space in downtown Toronto, and uh, it had hit me right there that this was a complete waste of my time. <laughs> Um, and um, I, I didn't know what like what to do at this event. And I remember very clearly all I could think about during the, the two days of it was a weekend event is I want to do something like this, but just for people who are doing good in the world. Um, so literally the event finished on 
Sunday, on Monday, I picked up the phone, called the venue, booked it uh, four months in advance and for November. And, um, and I started reaching out to exhibitors. Um, being part of that community, uh, I was aware of some umbrella organizations that certify and verify businesses for doing good in the world, whether these are fair trade businesses or other types of um, uh, social enterprises. So I went on their website, looked at who their members were, and I started cold calling. Mm. Okay. And just pulling people in. And, and so was the first run of your event, um, you know, was it a success or, you know, we all love failure stories too. So I'd like to know some of your bigger challenges and if things didn't work out yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, trust me, I had my share of failures throughout the years. Uh, but, but the first year was actually a great success. We had 15 companies finally agreeing to, to come and, and check out this new event. And, and, uh, and as you know, when you do business, and especially uh, small um, independent social enterprises, purpose-driven businesses, um, it is really about the relationship, the personal relationship that you build um, with people. Yeah. Um, so I, I salute them for taking a big risk, given that I know the resor their resources are extremely limited. Uh, they took a risk and they decided to attend an event that they never heard about before. It was the first year of this event right. organized by someone that they didn't know. Um, so yeah, we had 15 exhibitors in 2014. Uh, mostly from downtown Toronto. No one wanted to travel more than like half an hour driving uh, back then. And um, I think we had a few hundred people come check us uh, out. Cool. So how has the event evolved since then? And, and what kind of, um, I guess I'm curious, what kind of feedback and what have you learned, you know, so that, that evolution, like you probably get feedback from, you know, the vendors and people participating and all that stuff. So I'm curious how, what kind of feedback you've gotten and how it's evolved over the past couple of years. Um, the feedback has always been positive because um, we're very lucky that we're doing something that doesn't exist. So um, in terms of uh, business model, I guess we don't have a lot of competition out there. Yeah. Uh, so that makes it a little bit easier for us to provide a service um, that is appreciated and needed by our uh, business partners. Uh, after a couple of years, we realized the, the biggest feedback was it's great to do uh, B2C business. It's great to interact with the end um, and customer, it's great to get customer feedback, uh, but for us to really have the impact that we would like to have in the communities that, that we work with, uh, we, they needed to scale, and uh, and scaling was a big challenge for mo is a big challenge for most of these businesses. So this is when in 2018 we started uh, working on um, business to business opportunities for these. Uh, business partners that we attract at the expo. So we um, we see who is coming in and what kind of uh, B2B opportunities would make sense and be meaningful for them. And we reach out on their behalf uh, to these businesses and invite them to attend the expo. So the expo now is a hybrid consumer and a trade show. Very cool. So, and that's and I wanted to ask that and hear that feedback because, you know, obviously for people listening, 
you know, a lot of the people here are business owners. And I think, you know, things like this can be really powerful and beneficial. Um, so who, who is the ideal uh, business? Like, how do you describe the ideal business that really attends uh, besides, you know, having a mission focus and, and those types of things? What kind of businesses are really uh, beneficial here? Uh, so basically, the expo is open to all types of social enterprises. If, if you own a business and, and uh, um, it is purpose-driven, it's mission-focused, you're trying to really uh, respond to an environmental or social problem that you uh, are aware of because of your education, because of your upbringing, because of a trip you took somewhere. A lot of people start the business, and, and I'm surprised at this because I'm coming from an educational background background where I worked in development and studied development. But the simplest thing as going on a trip to a developing country and having um, being open to seeing and really absorbing the culture around you, it's amazing the amount of opportunities that present themselves. Uh, so a lot of people that we have in our community started their business because, oh, we were on a trip to India and we came across this community. And, and, then, and then we stopped and thought, oh, my God, how can we um, play a role in, in Alive? creating a little bit of this poverty and misery that people are living in. Um, so if, if you have a business, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. So if you have a business that really uh, makes people involved in your business be better than where uh, what you left, like where you met them and, and saw them, uh, uh, these are the types of businesses that we welcome uh, at the Expo. We, uh, um, our roots are fair trade. So uh, if you are uh, trading with developing countries, you've definitely an easy, um, an easy match. Uh, over the years, we uh, expanded from just fair trade to uh, anything that has an impact, uh, any business and service that has an impact. So we have quite a few of... Um, Tourism operations, for example, that uh, do uh, put in the socioeconomic benefits of the host countries and the host communities into their business model. We have impact investment firms. Uh, we have green and solar energy uh, firms and, and investment options as in bonds and so on. Um, so basically, in a nutshell, we believe that there is a new economy um, an economy that is based on a win-win-win-win situations. Uh, and anyone who's part of this economy is welcome to join us. Yeah, so it sounds like anybody, services or, you know, actual commodities and products, any kind of business really fits in here. And, and you know, it sounds like based on the range of variety, I mean, you could connect with someone here for investment or you can make your B2B deals. And I think, is it like, like if I was a business, would I be able to connect with someone for like distribution or like what kind of B2B deal might I expect out of this? Um, you can, yeah, you can, so we get distributors that come in, we get retail stores that would uh, potentially carry your products. Uh, mostly, if, if we look at our B2B opportunities at the expo, it's mostly retail stores that would like to buy in, in wholesale and bulk and, and yeah. carry your products. Uh, but we do have uh, other types of B2B. We do have some investors who come in. We do have distributors that come in, um, all sorts of it's, it's really been a community uh, around social innovation and, and impact that we've been building. And uh, um, 
every year we find uh, uh, we find that our new members of this community start knowing about us and they start coming. We never reached out to investors. It's not an investors um, right. kind of event, but we hear from our exhibitors and say, hey, Rafiq, we had a fantastic show this past year. And by the way, we met someone who's interested in investing with us. Uh, and I think the more we are in business and the more the expo is growing, the more the community grows and the more the opportunities at the expo. Yeah. I mean, I think it gets really interesting because if I was an investor, I might be walking around a place like this to see who I run into and what kind of products are out there and what are people innovating. And, you know, if I had my own product, I think it would be perfect for finding ways to distribute the product, whether it's through a retail or an actual distributor and things like that. So, you know, we've, we've spoken to brands like Swell and, you know, she has a water bottle, but she went out to events like yours and this is where she did all of her uh, deal, wheeling and dealing. This is how she got all in all the big stores and stuff. So guys, like listening, I think that an event like this, especially if you're, you're new on uh, Shopify or doing whatever kind of uh, product sales, this is a good opportunity to lock in those retail deals, right, Rafiq? Absolutely. And, and uh, on top of that, uh, we hear from our exhibitors that one of the biggest really value that they get from attending the expo is being around other social entrepreneurs, other social enterprises they it, it's a good way to validate your business as well so you, they see what sells and what doesn't and uh what colors what designs what price points and and uh um, you would you really basically get the opportunity to validate the business idea or a product with the right target market that you have created the product or, or the service for Sure, sure. And, and I could see it too is like, you know, I love going to these types of events. I can't, you know, Amy and I can't speak highly enough of going out and meeting people in person. Um, you can get a year's worth of behind the desk stuff done in just a day at an event like this, right? <laughs> and, you know, you go yeah. into here, guys, you can you could go and connect also with other entrepreneurs, like you're saying, and they might be in a, a different, they might have a different kind of product, but have a similar audience. And there's always really good ways to partner up and do sh use like shared resources and distribute each other's stuff and promote and stuff like that. So I think building the network is a big win here as well. Absolutely, Adam. And then I remember um, a couple of years ago, uh, an exhibitor uh, at the Expo, he, uh, he works with beekeepers in Zambia. They're called the African Bronze Honey Project. Uh, they basically employ 10,000 beekeepers in Zambia and they bring in the honey to North America. And they were put next to another exhibitor uh, who does uh, fair trade certified soaps and, and cosmetic products. And literally in the fact that they were together for three days, uh, for seven, eight hours a day, at the end of the expo, they started working together where he supplied the honey to make the soap and uh, they've added a new ingredient and now they know where this ingredient is coming from and the impact of that honey. Um, so we hear stories about like this all the time. It's, it's just magic happens when like-minded people are together in the same space and I would add for extended periods of time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And it, um, it makes a huge difference. I mean, some of our best marketing at ChangeCutter, you know, you, everyone's all hopped up on the tools and technology for marketing, but some of the most powerful marketing, especially if you're in the first couple or few years of your business comes from these partnerships. Um, you know, you have someone sharing a product that, to an audience that already they already have trust with, right? It's better than trying to do a Facebook 
ad out to a cold audience who has no idea who you are and doesn't trust you. So if I can get someone else to promote it to their audience because we're in a partnership, that audience already trusts them. So you're going to get a much bigger response. Um, and that has worked really well for us. So I can only speak for, for our own stuff, but I think it would hold true for most other people as well. And it sounds like it, it worked out well for beekeepers. Oh, absolutely. It did. And for us, too. So uh, if you go on our website, there is a big list of organizations that we partner with. And and given the space that we all work in, um, it... hello? Yes, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, we would need to edit that. Um, <laughs> okay. Something happened with the phone. Um, no, I was just saying, um, yeah, well, we use partnership as a tool for marketing like no other tool. It's the most successful tool for us. If you go on our website, there is a list of uh, organizations that share our values and, and uh, share our target audience, share our uh, our really believe and dreams in, um, in, um, in, in, in reaching a level where this new economy is the norm. Yeah. Um, and that's how we do our marketing. We all work together uh, around this, uh, the same cause. Mm. And so do you have any networking tips? So if someone comes to your conference here, um, I'm just curious on, I guess, any ideas, like what do they need to be prepared to get the most out of the buy good, feel good event? Um, yeah, I do have a few actually. So first of all, come with an open mind and, and come, come open to talking with every single person that you can talk with. Uh, there is tremendous value in speaking with people, especially if these people are your target audience. Um, keep your eyes open and be mindful of these conversations. A lot of times, uh, we, we, uh, we hear from exhibitors and, and our business partners that they really valued the expo a couple of months down the line when when something materialized and, and uh, when they remembered that this conversation happened and this is what led them to this and this led them to something that uh, that was successful for them uh, so obviously keep your an open mind uh, keep an open spirit give yourself the time after attending an event like this to reflect on the event and, and to think about what are the lessons learned, what did you do uh, that you would like to continue doing and what did you do that you did not um, that you did not find it was uh, valuable to you. Another big thing is if you're coming and you're um, selling a product to the general public, uh, yes, the expo is about sales, uh, but the person in front of you, as you've just mentioned, Adam, is uh, his sign up to your newsletter or his Facebook follow or like uh, is worth a lot, especially now that we're all competing more or less over the same demographics, the millennials, the people with disposable income, uh, finding, getting, yeah, getting, getting these people in front of you and talking with them. A huge resource. Find a way to continue the conversation with them. The expo is just um, an opportunity to meet them. Uh, be creative. Find ways to continue being in, in touch and in contact with them because that is a really valuable resource. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, um, 
you have to spend time and find time during an expo like this to talk to the other exhibitors. Uh, these relationships and, and the magic that happens, as I said, uh, when when exhibitors talk to each other. Sometimes people do have an online store, but and they want to introduce a new collection, but that would be a really big financial cost and inventory cost. Just by partnering with another company, they carry their collection for the spring and they take their collection for the spring. And now we have two stores with two new collections um, and everyone has offered their customers a variety of products that they believe fit their values without the extra cost of new product design, for example, and inventory. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I would also just add just from our own experience in events like this is if you can see who's around um, and who's going to be there, sometimes it helps to like reach out ahead and let them know you'll be around. Maybe you can grab coffee and just kind of plan out a few of those meetings in advance because people get busy real quick when they're there. Absolutely. That is correct. Absolutely. <clears throat> awesome. Um, so what's, what is in the future here for the Buy Good, Feel Good Expo? I guess you guys have the event coming up um, in April, April 12 to 14 in 2019. So that'll be at, uh, in Toronto. Um, but, you know, that's, that's coming right around the corner here. But, you know, 12 months, two years out, um, do you have any particular goals that we can uh, keep an eye on and see where you're going with this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're still in in the industry of trade shows and consumer shows we're still a very niche and small show uh we're looking at 150 exhibitors in 2019 but uh, our real goal is to find and, and to be working uh with around 250 to 300 um exhibitors so we're looking maybe by 2021 we will reach the 200 plus exhibitors um in the new year we're launching a new a new offering and again we're trying to connect uh, we're trying to find ways to connect and to support uh, social enterprises so we're launching uh, buy good feel good events yep. um, an event planning company we're using the uh, knowledge and expertise we've gained over the years in event planning and our uh, really close relationship with social enterprises and we're taking these two things and we're trying to connect them with the corporate world uh, we're trying we're reaching out to the banks the big law firms the big accounting firms and say, listen, guys, you spend a lot of money um, on, on conferences, on product launches, on customer appreciation events. Uh, give us a chance to, to organize these events and, and try to buy social, make your dollars um, really count and, and have an impact. And, and we will connect you with the social enterprises that can do that. Great. Yeah, sounds amazing. Great. And the size is good too. You know, you get right. these events where sometimes there's just too too much going on, and you can't. It's overwhelmed for some people. <laughs> but having like you know, of course, the three hundred exhibitors, like it's that's digestible versus three thousand exhibitors. You know, of course, no, no, no. We're uh, we're obviously our target is three hundred for Toronto, and once we reach that, uh, we're looking into uh, U.S. expansion. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, listen, congratulations on the success. Maybe Miami. Store. Yes, Miami would be a good one. That's for sure, man. <laughs> At least it'll be warm. <laughs> um, well, listen, we're excited to continue to work with you guys and uh, see where 2019 goes. And I'm just glad we had a chance to connect and um, see you guys. My uh, co-founder, Amy, uh, met Rafiq, and uh, we're, we're very aligned in our missions and we're working together. So this is what it's all about, right? 
Yeah, thanks, thanks, Adam. That was fun, and uh, thanks for making the time. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate it. We'll be in touch and uh, talk soon, okay? Thanks. All right. Thanks. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. We'll be right back.